welcome to Social Media Weekly, episode 24th, October 2019. Social Media Weekly is brought to you by Virtual Palace Marketing, the digital marketing agency that helps small businesses go digital. My name is Sean. And I'm JK. This week, Instagram will soon let us control third-party apps' access. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn launched somewhat competitor to Eventbrite. Zuck raises questions about China's internet censorship. Facebook expands Facebook Watch to Europe. Twitter considering a 24-hour tweet function. Facebook removes grey tick for pages. And Facebook's new page metrics will cause your numbers to drop. Mm, Okay. Back to the stories. Instagram will soon let us control third-party apps access. This is uh, the kind of feature that's already available on Facebook, Google, and Twitter for a while now. It shows uh, actually all the third-party apps that have access to our app and lets us revoke access if we want to. If you ever use apps that change your face or pin all the place, pin all the places you've been in the world map or maybe play little games, right? Uh, by using these features, apps, and functions, you actually allow the third parties, third-party provider access to a lot of your data. They include images and videos, captions, timestamps, and more. So they actually provide these free services to you in exchange for your behavior and they actually use your behavior to sell it to other people. Mm. That's how they make money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so on Facebook, Google, and Twitter, there are already uh, settings that, that let us see every single third-party app that has access and what kind of access to our user information and we can actually revoke them. Mm-hmm. So the funny thing is Instagram has never had it, maybe because it, it has always been a very simple platform. Mm-hmm. And they just made a commitment to implement this uh, system-wide. And they say that it will take six months to apply this implementation. Mm, okay. So coming from a company... That has already have it. That, that already have it. Uh, Facebook already had it. They are, they are one of the first few ones that, that had it. Um, I don't understand why it takes so long. Um, I understand that the... Maybe the architecture of these two platforms are different. They're built differently, so uh, they have to rebuild the entire system. But six months is quite a long time, you know? <laughs> Maybe they have to be busy with all the you know, lawsuits and stuff before this. I'm sure, they can hire, I'm sure they can hire some people to, you know, uh, some extra people to do this kind of work. Like contract some bunch of people out. But mm, <clears throat> six months to apply something. That's true. So uh, it's quite a long time. It is. Or maybe they're just committing it now and they're going to dilly-dally, t- taking their own sweet time. Yeah, I'd rather look slow and steady than you know, fast and furious. Fast and furious. Kind of situation, you know. Perhaps, yeah. perhaps. Perhaps. So mm-hmm. never mind, as long as it's good. As long as, as, long as it's coming. Song. Yeah. As long as it's coming, I think it's not much of an issue. Yep, correct, correct. Yep. Alright, so good luck Instagram. Now next up, LinkedIn launched somewhat competitor to Eventbrite. It is a feature that lets professional host physical networking events. It can be of any size and magnitude, and this feature is free for now. We hope they go the route of Eventbrite by charging only a percentage of entry fees if available. Wow, meaning LinkedIn is gonna open another next branch. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a very smart and it's a, it's um it's a service that makes sense for them. Yeah. Because they are they are already in the re- recruitment and the business professional thing, right? Yeah. They can actually branch out to the event, which doesn't take much additional effort. Yeah, effort. They already have the attention of all professionals anyway. And if they were to do that properly, even if they provide it for free, 
in exchange as like a value added service to use LinkedIn, I think it really helps uh, create a more holistic environment for professionals. Yeah, correct. I agree also. You know, mm. it's like you don't have to you don't have to people don't really have to jump from app to app and they exactly just on one. yes. They can just do everything in one app and it becomes like the professional uh, the social media for professionals. Yeah, correct. Um I think a few weeks ago we talked about it uh, having this feature where what was that feature again? College lines. Ah uh, yes Academy. The, uh, the education part of it. So you have the education and then you have the events and So to say YouTube. Exactly, yeah. So so then then you imagine you also uh, host webinars and everything. So it's it's good. It it's see because there isn't a single big social media that is actually doing this. It's mm-hmm. all scattered everywhere. And yep. if they become the social media that consolidates all these services that's already available everywhere, put it into one place. Mm-hmm. It's like if you if you let people upload all the videos they want, all the webinars they want, they're not exactly competing with YouTube because it's a different group of people, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. YouTube is for entertainment. This is for professional. Mm. They can copy everything YouTube is doing and they will still not Just be competing applying. with YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Mm, maybe they take portion of the viewership to them instead of YouTube. I mean, somewhat still... Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think majority, um, on a bigger scale of it, I don't think YouTube will see them as a threat. Mm-hmm. Because they are within that confines of professional. Professional. It means yeah, more specialized and customized. Yeah. Mm. True. So the I working mean, class anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's a different... I was like, it's a different pie. Yeah, yeah it, it is a different pie. Or maybe a very like, just a small, just a small slice niche of, market. of the video pie. Yeah, it's a very niche market. Mm. True. So. And I like what, um, how LinkedIn is going. And I think if they were to build a very good ecosystem, a successful one with, uh, under the stewardship of uh, Microsoft, I think they can do very well. Yeah, true. Mm. So. Then at least our phone don't have so many apps. That is true. I don't want any more apps. That is true. Thank you, guys. No more e-wallet, no more apps. Please. <laughs> oh, e-wallet is another problem, right? <laughs> e is another problem, right? How you bang yeah. it up, please do something. <laughs> the other day, I got a friend who went for an event, right? They say that um, the next step for e-wallet is this thing called a super app where you have one app that manages all the e-wallets oh, in Malaysia. Please have and that. <laughs> actually, it doesn't work, you know, it's not good. You know why? Because if you have one super app that manages all the e-wallets, that super app will monopolize. Okay. So technically, you have, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. You have too many e-wallets, the problem is that you have too many apps. You don't know which one to focus, right? If you only have one or two, problem is that one or two will start to monopolize the entire the entire market, like what Touch and Go is doing. Mm, okay, got it. And so either way, either way we lose, <laughs> but I prefer to have multiple apps mm-hmm. and a fragmented e-wallet because if they compete with each other, we always get the good, best uh, service. yeah, we always get good promos and, you know, things going around. <laughs> the best deals ever. If they stop competing with each other, they will not give us these kind of things anymore. Like, like Grab, right? Like what Grab <laughs> is doing, exactly. Ayo, I seriously tell you, uh, my <laughs> Grab's price is not good. Ex- uh, no, now not at all. <laughs> no, now not at all. Just bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving forward, Zuck raises questions about China's e- internet censorship. It has been an unfight, uh, unfair fight to say the least. Uh, and I agree with Zuck. He says that American technology companies like Google and Facebook are not allowed into China, right? Uh, so they are unable to spread American vision of the internet and mass media. But the Chinese counterparts are spreading in the US like wildfires, like TikTok. 
bringing along their censorship and political agenda. Even large American corporations are kowtowing to China because of their economic potential. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, right, there was this movie called um, Abominable, mm-hmm. which is an, a new animation developed by DreamWorks and a Chinese studio. There, in that movie was an apparent attempt at spreading the Chinese imperialism by showing a map in which the disputed territories in South China Sea, right, actually belongs to China. Oh. So there, there, is a, there, there is an area which is disputed by a few countries, including Malaysia and Vietnam, and I think the Philippines as well and China. China wants to claim all that, what, that area Land. to be theirs, but we still don't know what's going on yet, right? But in that movie, they, they made it as if it's, it's all China. their land. So if they continue to do this, and DreamWorks allow them to do this because they probably pay a lot of money, right? But if they continue to do this right, they will use like a different way to claim the land is theirs. Mm-hmm. And it, it, even though politically they cannot own that land, but in the eyes of everyone who's watching all these movies, they have already, they owned already the own the land. Smart, huh? <laughs> Exactly. Very scary of China. Yeah. So, Chinese way of doing. speaking of which, right, uh, yesterday I watched this Chinese movie called The Captain. Have you watched it? I haven't yet. It's actually a very good movie. It's uh, based on a true story about a plane that uh, that took off and then it got into a few... Uh, I don't want to spoil it for our listeners as well. It got into a few uh, troubles, malfunctions and everything like that, right? Uh, this plane was actually flying from Chongqing to oh, Lhasa. The, the, ice, the iceberg one, is it? Right? Yeah. Keep flying to make sure that they don't drop into the sea one, is it? Uh, not, not, exactly, not exactly based on the trailer. Because I watched the trailer and the trailer kind of sucked. Oh, and I didn't okay. want to watch it because of the trailer. But after a few of our friends uh, suggested that. us to watch because it was very good. So, so, so I said, okay, I'll watch it and see. So there was a part of this. Um, so Lhasa is part of Tibet, right? And politically, Tibet has always tried to uh, claim its own freedom as a standalone country. Mm-hmm. But in that movie, it was very clear that there were Chinese flags all around Tibet. Wow. So it's that same kind of thing, you know, that China is doing. Um, what they do is they want to use mass media to actually brainwash or, or convince people that they already own these lands that they don't actually own. So places, countries that are also in dispute is Taiwan, which wants to be their own standalone country, yep. and Hong Kong, which Hong Kong. also wants to be their own standalone country. Tibet is also another one. So the, the thing here is that uh, Zach says that China's internet censorship is very unfair because they cannot go into China because China blocks it. But you can China can come in. But China can come in. And if Trump says no, we don't want these Chinese companies to come in, and the entire world goes crazy and the, the, the trade war happens and everything like that. So he says that it's not fair because it creates this thing called um it's called what is it called again? Splinternet. Splinternet means see when we say when you talk about internet, it means that the entire world owns, has access to one singular internet. Right. With one singular regulation with the internet. A splinternet is where every country or every region has their own version of internet. If you go into that version, you can do this, you cannot do that. If you go somewhere else, you can do that, you cannot do this. Or Facebook will not be available all around the world. Mm-hmm. Google will not be available all around the world. That, that kind of thing. Which is not good for, for the, the idea of internet. The ideal, ideal usage of 
Yeah, the idea you said is to spread free information. Ideally, we want yes, exactly free information. We want it to be like um, resources everywhere. Yes, and you, and access by you everyone. Judge yourself which resources you want. Exactly. To yes. Instead yeah. of being controlled or you know monopolized or manip- manipulated, manipulated. Um, you know some some political agenda behind it. <laughs> Where, where all we want is just, um, just free, free information. Internet. Yeah, it's like Mother Earth. It's free for all. Nobody owns anything at all. No. <laughs> we pay tax for everywhere we go, okay? <laughs> to the people who are supposed to manage it. Lah. But they're not doing it very well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Land is supposed to be free for us. <laughs> yeah. God gave us the land. They didn't give it to the rich people so they can charge us for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, we, uh, we take a moment to thank our sponsor for this week. Mm-hmm. This week's episode of Social Media Weekly is brought to you by Chop Tiambi Cafe at the heart of Malacca, Malaysia. Chop Tiambi Cafe, uh, Chop Tiambi serves authentic Nyonya and fusion cuisines and is located at Jonker Street, just five minutes walk from famous Red Square and A Famosa in Malacca City. Their most iconic dishes include the curry laksa and nasi lemak. Also equally impressive are their range of homemade cakes like carrot cake, which uses Pineapples instead of raisins and onde onde cheesecake, which is a must try. Mm-hmm. Um, last week there was this magazine called CEO Magazine or something that uh-huh. named Singapore the place that has the best street food in oh the world. Oh my god, <laughs> that's just wrong. I mean, proclaim. okay, if you guys think Singapore has good street food, you have to come to Malaysia. You and have try. to come to Malacca to try. And I also want to put a note that. Thailand has amazing street food as well. Yep. Okay, so you come to Malaysia. We have Malacca is one of the places with one of the best foods. And if you do drop by Malacca, please come to Chop Tiang Bi. Um, you will get ten percent off of your entire receipt. No questions, no no buts, no exclusions. Everything you order, one receipt, ten percent off. You get you get it for promo code CTB ten. That is CTB one zero. This weekend is Deepavali, so if you are dropping by to Malacca, please go over to Chop Tambi, check it out. They have amazing murals as well, koi fish and all that. Very nicely done. Uh, yeah, Chop Tambi, 10% off. Go there. <laughs> Alright, next up, Facebook expands Facebook Watch to Europe. Facebook Watch hasn't exploded like they hoped, but it is still growing steadily in numbers. They have been investing heavily in celebrity-led programming with American stars like Elizabeth Olsen and Jada Pinkett Smith and are now looking to work with European counterparts. The few programs Facebook will work with publishers in the UK, France, Germany, Spain, Spain, Spain. <laughs> <laughs> what country is that? Oops, my bad. Right. Spain, Spain and Italy include stars like Conor Mar- Maynard, Maynard, yeah. Maynard Echo Fresh, Kim Gloss, La Pelo, and more. The company hopes that local stores will help boost usage on Facebook Watch. Hmm, ambassadorship. Sort of Have you watch watched Facebook? Do you watch Facebook Watch? I try and it just nah. Why? <laughs> I can't get used to it. I still prefer the you know YouTube or okay. It's just th- a user preference. I think the content on Facebook Watch like it's like Facebook Watch tries to go longer form. But to me, if I would watch on Facebook, it'll always be just one or two minutes. Mm-hmm. Any longer, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, it... And they try to do shorter ones, but they're still a little bit too formal for Facebook, mm. Facebook uh, content. They, they can't have, I think. They, are, they don't have a very unique standpoint. I think so USP, too, yeah. They're, yeah. they're just 
uh, what are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of feeling. I, I agree with you. And and if I want to go for serious videos, I would rather go to YouTube and you know to get it. Actually, to be honest, right, there is uh, an Instagram account called Business Insider. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, they yeah. they managed to do uh, pull off their IGTV very very well. I think they are spending a lot of money on all these episodes. They have this series called uh, "Why So Expensive." So expensive. So, and then, uh, I think that's the name of the series. It's not so expensive or something. It talks about, it picks out some of the most expensive food or things in the world and they explain why is it so expensive. Like the cardiac, the, the cardiac fish. Like uh, the, caviar, the yeah. Caviar why are caviar so expensive? Uh, why are, yeah, uh, for grass so expensive? And then, uh, then there is another one that, that asks why is, uh, there is a brand of uh, uh, what is this called? Winter clothes uh, jacket called uh, why is it? Why Canada is it Goose. Why is it expensive? Mm, yeah. Then there is another one called Beyond Earth as well. It talks about going to the moon, space, I think, I think space I stations, and things like that. I think they spend so much money on it, and I don't know if um, if others agree with me, but I think it's a very successful. For IGTV, is it? For IGTV, they're doing very the well. The layout, I think, is catered for IGTV. That is so. one of that is one of the only few IGTV shows that I'm actually still watching mm-hmm. because I think the content is good content, mm, like legit and good yeah, information, proper, properly curated, legit content, yeah. properly shot. And you know. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Business Insider were to repost the same content onto Facebook Watch and it does well as well. Mm. You can put it on Facebook Watch, IGTV, you can put it on YouTube as well. Right. Yeah, I think in the end of the day, it's still the content. Yeah. The content yeah. matters. It, it, it really comes down to the content. And I think if, I don't know, but for me, instead of focusing so much on entertainment for entertainment's sake, maybe if you do a little bit more of like these kind of documentary stuff, shorter, not too long, short documentary, I think it works. Mm. True. So, never mind last since Facebook is already using you know the celebrities to help them push yeah but yeah uh, let's hope the celebrity can twist and rebrand facebook yes. watch properly yeah. mm-hmm. that is true right. next up twitter considering 24 hour tweets tweets <laughs> that only last 24 this is this is new to you right just imagine this tweets, oh that, my God. <laughs> tweets that only last 24 hours and can be sent to close friends what's there not to like the greatest problem with twitter is drunk tweets you know, you get drunk, you send something you wrong, and then next, uh, the next morning you wake up and the entire world blows up on you. Too many people has this problem. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. It's, it's entertainment to you, right? Yeah. Like, what's new? Ooh, yeah. That's new. So if tweets are not permanent, there is a possibility that we will receive less negativity on the platform, less trolling and less, you know, uh, keyboard warriors going <laughs> on on us. But it also creates less responsibility with individuals as well. It's... I don't know. What do you think? Okay, mm, given the fact that irresponsible users are going to be there anyway, so even you put 24 or permanent, I think per- permanent tweet with uh, an irresponsible user is going to be worse. <laughs> I know, like, okay, think about this, right? Think about this. Now, Donald Trump, Donald Trump has already used Twitter in a way that yeah, he's creating so much hate and saying so much stuff already, right? Yep. Even with tweets that are permanent, he would tweet it out and then he gets like a few hundred thousand retweets and then he deletes it and he says he never said this before. Uh-huh. Right? Imagine if this only lasts 24 hours, imagine what else stuff that he will actually say out and 
how he he will not take responsible for the things that he will not take responsibility for the things that he says. Mm, okay. And I think of all the thing of all the platforms that social well, I'm just trying to argue one point, right? Mm. I think of all the social media platforms that are going very ephemeral now, that is very temporary. I think Twitter has the responsibility of maintaining that uh, permanence and that responsibility and that when you go into Twitter and you read something, you want it to be true mm-hmm. in a way. And in order for it to be true, it has to be permanent because whoever who comes up with a tweet must be accountable for what they say, right? Yep. I mean, like... Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. It's not just words. Way, it's not just words that you know that will disappear. Hmm, true. That's one point to think about also. Yeah. So, it's just, I guess Twitter just wants to balance things. Like, I, I, since I cannot control mine, let, let's minimize it by using 24 Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I can control Donald Trump, I, so... <laughs> I really feel bad for Twitter because they are struggling as a brand because they have become such a responsible platform like responsible in a way that they're reluctant they don't want to be responsible <laughs> for donald trump for, yeah for donald trump stuff or for all the journalism stuff and everything and yet they have to be because they have really evolved into that kind of platform when greater power comes great responsibility i know right <laughs> it's just like you giving birth with a ch- child law and if the child turns out to be like Donald Trump what to do <laughs> yeah no I I I discussed with a friend before I said how will Twitter if how will Twitter live on in the future right because as a company the, the company is not making money mm-hmm. right it has to come up with new stuff to make money but as a platform it liberated so many countries <laughs> it, it created so many like all the Arab Springs and everything right and Hong Kong used Twitter to 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 stage all these um, all these protests. Malaysia used Twitter to stage our protests as well, and it's actually good for society, good for freedom of speech. But as a business, it's not good. So I think Twitter needs to needs to evolve from a company owned by private people into IPO. not IPO, but into like an organization. Mm-hmm. That is that an that NGO and an NGO yes to be Since an NGO anyways <laughs> yes to be an NGO that's funded by all the countries in the world to use it and they have to run in a very unbiased manner yeah since their business nature is towards their because yes. they're not profiting anyway yeah they're not profiting anyway so might as well transform yourself into an NGO yeah. and for, for the society. purpose of freedom of speech for society to stage a coup against the the corrupt government if they have to mm-hmm. and speak their mind if they have to. Mm. Then it comes to, okay, maybe maybe one thing is because when it comes to NGO, quality is not very assured to maintain the quality of Twitter. It is true. Um, you I can't be changing stuff. You can't be doing a lot of upgrades. You just have to keep it as what it is. Mm. Just a platform, a neutral platform uh, for people to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. But I Twitter... Uh, Sucks to be you. <laughs> I know, right? It so sucks to be you. Seriously, everybody I, I in Silicon Valley is saying the same thing. I, I, we feel you. <laughs> okay, there, right? Just know that you're doing good. Mm-hmm. You're going to heaven. You have thumbs up from us. <laughs> All right, next up. Facebook removes grey tick for pages. Facebook pages that are verified with certain details are now given grey ticks. But Facebook is removing this feature because most people get confused with the grey and blue ticks. It also allowed some pages to impersonate offic- official company profiles because it isn't difficult to get that grey tick. Have you seen grey ticks before? No. I've never seen grey ticks before. <laughs> so I I don't know, maybe it's not 
um, uh, what's a gray tick? It's like it's like you know how some accounts, some brands have the blue tick at the corner, like a blue color tick. That, that means it's verified. It's like oh, oh, oh like this circle is yeah, it's a circle like, with a tick in the middle. The tick one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Oh, I, it's it's so gray that I didn't even notice. Yeah. So so apparently there are gray ticks as well, which I don't understand. Uh, but I'm glad they're taking it away because yeah, we don't even know it. Exists. Yeah, we don't even know it exists. Good that you con it. I know. <laughs> Clean it's good. It up. So, uh, for pages who are still uh, striving for that gray tick, you don't have to anymore. So, let's let me just explain to everyone what's the difference between a blue tick and a gray tick, right? So, blue tick is you need to be a gray tick and more. Um, you need to also be a known brand. That means like you have to be like McDonald's or or Tim Hortons or or, or Burger King or whatever like really big brands in order to get a blue tick. Mm-hmm. But a gray tick is easy. All you need have to do is maybe they have like a, five, a checklist of five things. You need to verify that your company has a physical address or, you know, senior uh, uh, or whatever it is. As long as you provide these few things, then you're done. It's, it's kind of like as easy as setting up a Google My Business. Mm-hmm. But blue tick is different. Blue tick is like, it's provided to you by... Uh, Facebook. Oh, it's, like, it's like you're being recognized. You're being recognized as the place. constantly very high for... Yes, and you're one of like Fortune 500 company, you know, or you're like a very super staff influencer or you're making this kind of things. Tick. Okay. Yeah. Then you get a blue tick. So, by removing the gray tick, companies don't have to actually strive for it anymore, which is... Yeah, I, it's not, I think not an it, issue. It, yeah, pe- people don't recognize this gritty. People don't even know gritty. Yeah, people don't even know gritty exists. And so, one more thing which is true as well because it allows some pages to impersonate official, like, for example, some Tom, Dick or Harry can just uh, create uh, another virtual peddlers and then just put a gritty there and then they'll be like, okay, which is which, right? Confuse so, people. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it's bad for smaller companies because smaller companies are not worried about the gray ticks and they focus more on providing services for their clients and using social media as a platform for what and if another impersonating company comes in and gets the gray tick mm-hmm. then the original one will not get it mm, true cause confusion yeah it causes confusion all right all right next up facebook's new page metrics will cause your numbers to drop this is very important for advertisers and for businesses who have been running uh, ads on Facebook, your metrics will drop, but it's not because your performance is dropping, it's because the algorithm has changed. changed. From now until October 28, all reach calculations reach calculations on Facebook pages will be reconfigured. They will filter repeated organic page impressions. This means the same person who visits your Facebook page multiple times will only be counted as one, not many. So before this, Every time I go to, to I organically go to a same Facebook page. Every time I go in there, the ticker will will tick one will tick once. So there is duplication of my visit mm-hmm. from the same IP. But now it will only be counted as one. This also means your face your page impression count will likely drop a lot next month onwards. Provided if let's say. If you focus on existing clientele or existing followers or existing uh, audience, uh, so existing audience means that your impression is very high, which means that your count will drop a lot next month. If you are constantly looking for new people with the impression which is lower, then the drop will not be so significant. Mm. Uh, It's not bad 
because it's now more accurate. But if you are an agency, your clients will start make noise and you have to tell them that this is what's going on. And if you're a business, your service provider is not uh, suddenly show a drop in reach. It's not because they're not performing. It's just because Facebook changed their algorithm. You know lah, Facebook always like that one word. You know lah, client. Yeah. <laughs> you will not listen one lah. You know what? <laughs> number is always constant to them. The exactly. algorithm didn't change yeah. since 2008. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we have this client, right, um, who we've been managing for a very long time, right, their Facebook um, account. Even before the, I think 2018 or 2017, one where they changed the algorithm of Facebook page, where Facebook page will not get the reach that they used to get. Mm-hmm. And until today, they're still asking, why is it that their reach is so bad? And when we explain that they have to pay money to boost all the posts, they think that we're trying to con their money. <coughs> oh well, when, when, some, when something changed, it's not the algorithm, it's the quality of our service. You know, that mindset. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, <laughs> uh, it's not God. algorithm. Facebook didn't change the algorithm. So it's your quality that reduces. Even when we, even when we, we copy and paste Facebook's report, um, announcement for it they just go too long don't read uh, so, yeah. or they yeah, think that yeah, we are trying too hard to explain ourselves yeah yeah. so sometimes uh, yeah, best move for uh, us <laughs> yes it's very difficult to be a social media uh, practitioner <laughs> so gloomy just like the weather uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> alright all right. uh, okay that's all for that's all for social media weekly this week Social Media Weekly Podcast is available at Anchor FM Google Podcast Apple Podcast Spotify and more and before we end we would like to wish everyone happy Deepavali. Uh, Sunday is Deepavali. Yep. So Monday is a holiday. Monday is a holiday for us here in Malaysia. So happy Deepavali to everyone. Um, the Festival of Lights. Uh, okay, I'm continuing. Our full videos are available on YouTube and we post bits and clips on Instagram and Facebook. This is Social Media Weekly Podcast. Episode 24, October 2019. My name is Sean. And I'm JK. Au revoir. May the lights be with you. Wow, I like that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>